This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Man, that was a good episode, though. Fell short. Fell short. It was good, but I really was, like, at the end looking for more. Shit, they did the big body review. On like, some, like, I ain't wanted to end shit, though. You oh, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, when it went off, I was like, damn. Yeah, I, want, <laughs> like, I literally want some more. <laughs> yeah. Let's, um, do, 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 do. Let's get into it, man. That was a good-ass episode. God damn. So what an episode, what an episode, man. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 156 of This Week in Culture. I am your host, Ant Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad Ant, a.k.a. One Half of the Culture and Mr. Two Podcast a Week. I got my brother with me, Jay. What up, though? What up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, One Half of the Culture. Um, one Half of Everything. What's poppin'? Whew. And this week, we bring to you the season four, episode six, review and recap of Snowfall. Damn, whole lot of activity on this one, dog. Really um, wasn't no lows in this one. No, no, this one pretty much stayed on tip the whole way through, man. Um, we're going to get into it. We had uh, a major death that not only did I predict, but it got me kicked off Facebook for 25 more days. Um, but when you write, you write, man. So all my predictions are cemented. Anyway... Let's get into it, man. Before we get started, I want to thank all the listeners, thank all the supporters, thank everybody who rock with us. Um, episode 155 is available now. Make sure you go and check that out. We got a great Blackberry letter over there. And before we get into this Snowfall review, we do have a Snowfall voice note from one of the listeners. So I want to throw that in there. This came before this week's episode, so I want to make sure she's not touching on some or predicting something that happened this week. So let's play it. Uh, this is from the homie Shay. What up, though? Hey guys, um, this is in regards to Snowfall. First off, this season has been great to me. It has been very intense. Um, I've been on the edge of my seat almost every episode, so I'm loving it so far. Um, I was listening to the pod again last week where you guys were talking about it being different this season, not like good or bad, but just different. And I think it's um, somewhat 
darker this season because I was going back and looking at last season and, and it seemed like Franklin and the crew, you know, they was at the stage where they were enjoying the money. You know, they would go out and skate and have fun and things like that. And this season, it's just been so intense. They haven't been able to, like, enjoy life. It's just been pressure, pressure, pressure. And I think that's what the audience is feeling, too, at this point, just the intensity of all the choices that Franklin has to make in uh, regards to the business and to his friend friendships and relationships. So I'm curious to see how that plays out for the rest of the season. But it's no, you know, fun times this year, obviously. It's just, you know, getting to the business that needs to be done so i appreciate that uh, change of pace and of course i appreciate the pods i'll uh, keep them coming i uh, can't wait to see what's in store tonight all right shay we appreciate you um that was a great note that was a great yeah, voice note great voice note and um a, a great point that she brings up you know one of the differences that we talked about um last week in the tone of the show it is darker mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. ain't sweet no more had to good had to but that's kind of the the evolution of this life, right? You you start off, a we we broke, we kind of nickel and diamond and whatever we doing, we trying to live straight, do the right thing, da da da. Then we get a taste of this this illegal shit, and then we realize, yo, a little bit more umph and elbow grease into this illegal shit. This could become a life changing thing, right? Then we have last season where we see a lot of highs and we having fun highs literally. Um, we having fun. We spending this money. We get into it. It's every drug story we've ever seen, right? It starts off here. We get the dope. We go to a fucking a peak, and then we realize that it's some real dangerous lows that come with this shit. And I think that this episode was probably a a great representation of that and a real good way to sort of transition into the conversation about this episode, bro. Facts. Last two yeah. episodes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, man, shit ain't sweet in them streets no more for anybody, right? Not just Franklin, Leon going through it, Teddy going through it. Unk have, we've been talking all season about some seem off with Unk. Yeah. He just ain't right. We find out this episode, what his problem is. Or man. Unk has actually been right. Yeah. Like he's he's maneuvering like a human being. He ain't Unk ain't been him. He's normally you think about all the other episodes or all the other seasons. He's jovial and and boisterous and he's fun and he cracks jokes and he's playful. Unk like a big ass kid, big overgrown muscular ass kid. This season, he looked tired of this shit, dog. He on his Danny Glover shit. He too old for it. We got enough money. Unk is kind of in the same position as uh dad is. Toward the end of the episode and then the preview for next week. Like, at a certain point, enough's got to be enough, dog. And we got to get away from this shit. And I don't really understand why we're still doing it. So, we're going to get into it, man. The episode opened up with uh, Teddy. Sleep. Knocked out. Enjoying a fucking good night's rest. And then he got a call from his pops. Brother dead. Mm. Been dead for two weeks. Mm. Nigga, Teddy say, damn, you've been dead for two weeks. When was you going to call me? Nigga Heart say, you attack. lucky I got a fucking phone call. Or you lucky you got a phone call out of me. Because I wasn't going to call you because this is your fault. Nigga, you had him snorting coke for 24 hours. You don't think that fuck with a nigga body? It's one of those things, man. Ooh. I don't remember when he asked his brother to fly. Did his brother insist on flying? Or, like, how did that work? I feel like 
he said, like, my brother can fly the plane. Like, I feel like he, like, volunteered that, and his brother was just with the smoke. Like, I want to work with you type shit. Like, sure, I'll do it. I can't remember the specifics, but I feel like he was just like, yeah, I'll help. <laughs> like, because, again, nobody knew the consequences of what they was really involved in at this time. Nigga. Everybody sort of playing it by ear, and niggas didn't realize what we know now, revisionist history, was some extremely dangerous and addictive shit. The addiction wasn't just in the fucking drugs, nigga. It was in the money. It was in the, like, Teddy's still convinced that he doing this shit to fund this war. Teddy, you so. Well, he f- is, but, like, he, now it's a ego thing. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy, you got more bodies than anybody on this show right now. And he think he has to be the one who does it. Yeah. It. Like, he won't even let his man help him. Nigga, we both CIA. We, I'm your colleague, my nigga. So, Teddy got that phone call to open up the episode. And when your dad tell you your brother been dead for two weeks and I wasn't even going to call you to tell you. And they say, oh, yeah, we probably don't need to talk after this. Nigga said, I don't, I don't expect we'll need to speak again. He said, I wish it was you. Woo. Or it should have been you. Should have been you. Should have been you. Might as well said, I wish it was you. You got your brother killed. He ain't involved in whatever the fuck you involved in. Nigga sniff. Pure cocaine for 24 hours. 24 straight hours. Had a heart attack, man. Um, And it's... That was, what, two seasons ago? That might have been first season. Shit. So it's been years since then. Whether it was season one or two, it's been years since that happened. That'll tell you the lasting effects of doing some wild shit like that, man. And the nigga probably got strung out on that. Hey, nigga. If he wasn't... If it wasn't pure, he'd have been dead. Oh, facts. That's literally what, didn't they say that? Or was that something that we discussed? Like, nigga. I can't remember. Ain't no way you sniffing no dirt ass coke for 24 hours and not dying, nigga. That's the purest of Colombian cocaine. But hell of a way to open the episode up. Then they shift gears. Killed by the niggas who snitched and burned this whole shit down. Also a fact. Also a fact. Damn. They shifted gears to the hospital, though. This is where the episode started getting like. Start talking a little bit, man, because some of the and I want to go back and rewatch this episode again just to look at this scene. But some of the shit they was flashing to, like when they flashed to the baby, the crack baby, like shit like that, little nuances like that is where I love Snowfall, dog, because you showing me something. So they show Wanda, who's still in the hospital. Um, She's going through withdrawals. If you don't remember, Leon paid for her to stay extra, gave the nurse some money, said, keep her here till she clean. Get it all out of her system. Let her sweat it through. Go through her withdrawals. And then release her. Don't let her out here as no crackhead, man. They showed a crack baby over there. Twitching. Arm going crazy. Just to give you them vibes, nigga. It's a real thing. It's real, dog. And we was having a conversation watching the shit like, yo, got to get a baby's morphine. Yeah. So, like, with some quote-unquote crack babies, if the the mother is addicted to the drugs, um, the baby is also taking it as well. So, when the baby is born... They have to hook the baby up to morphine to wean it off of the drugs that it was taking from the mother, from the umbilical. Um, and that's what your, a quote-unquote crack baby is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one version of a quote-unquote crack baby. They the was, other is when the drugs, uh, excuse me, uh, when the drugs have impacted him so bad that some of the body functions and the the, the, the child's heart and lungs and things don't fully develop and they're mm-hmm. they're they're born a prematurely, mm-hmm. but when they are born, they don't look normal because yeah. of a lot of um a lot of children born 
in the mid to late 80s, early 90s. Fam, they have deformities. They have abnormalities. Learning disabilities. Learning disabilities. Things wrong with their internal organs. Like, literal, like, biological problems, dog. Like, and it's no fixing it for a lot of them, dude. Which means that they grew up, had children mm-hmm. with their learning disability and it impacted the next generation mm-hmm. because you grew up in a home where, you know, the person was functioning mm-hmm. but not quite functional and hey. it had lasting impact. Shit, we got the term functional crackhead. It's a thing. And there were a lot of functional crack babies who grew to be functional adults, but they were still crack babies and they was born with a lot of internal and mental disabilities, physical disabilities, Based on the addiction that they mu- again this season, when we say it's darker, we're not just talking violence. We're starting to see some of the effects that this crack had on black people, had on the community, but specifically within LA, dog. Like they've been showing it via Skid Row and those. Yeah, there's really no reason for them to keep showing them mm-hmm. other than to show like, yo, this is what's really going on. Yeah, what's the? Uh, do we know the history of Skid Row? Like, was that like directly related to? I'm not sure. Crack? You know, when I was a kid, uh, my dad, he's like, you're going to be a skid row bum. Like, that was like <laughs> a thing. And I wasn't like, until I was like older and I realized that like skid row was actually a, a place. I thought, yeah. I don't know what I thought it was, but like when I really saw a street sign that said skid row, I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, when we was little, dad used to be like skid row bum. Yeah. Like, yo, this was a, a real place. Yeah. I had a, um when I was in like middle school, I had a t-shirt. That said Skid Row on it. And I literally didn't know what the fuck it meant. I just liked the color of the t-shirt and the color of the letters that said Skid Row. Had no clue that this was, one, an actual place, but two, had the history that it has. Like, trippy shit. But anyway, yeah. Wanda getting cleaned up, dog. That's what I liked about this episode. Like, really, really enjoyed the fact that we saw her going through the withdrawals. It kind of took me back to that scene in New Jack City when we see Pookie coming off that shit. Like, yeah, we shaking, we going through it, we having nightmares. They kept flashing between Wanda, the crack baby, um, Reagan on the TV. I want to also go back and look at whatever scene or speech they showed him talking about because I know it relates to something. I'm fairly sure because Reagan act like uh, we weren't selling drugs to our own committees. Like, we weren't illegally um, funding the Roy yeah. Contra. And matter of fact, even once it came out, was that Nixon? Who said um, one of them made it like, yo, I think it was maybe Reagan was basically I would like to say that we didn't do this and do we didn't do that. But the, the facts are other than what I think. I think that might have been Nixon. I know the, the quote you're thinking yeah. of. I think it was Nixon, but it's still relative. Yeah. Right. Like that's the that's really the problem is that this shit could be related to two different fucking presidents, dog. Um. Then we see Wanda get out. And, uh, oh, before we saw her get out, Peach is back. My nigga Peach is back. Looked like Franklin needed to hire him as security because he ran out of bodies, nigga. And Unk is in Little Rock this episode. So, hey, I need somebody. Peach is back. We don't even know if he fully healed from getting shot. He just back to work. Franklin got him uh, opening up the little safe room at the, at the club so he can get in there, get some money, get some dope. They got to transfer some shit. They got the car out in the front. They load up the speaker box. You got to load up them 12s, nigga. If you can't do nothing, you got to load up them 12s, dog. And they got them loaded up. And right when they closed the trunk, whoop, whoop, 
The cops and the detect pull up. The sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. Now, this detective is the same one that's been talking to the news reporter lady. This is that guy. So he already knows enough about what's been going on with Franklin Satan, the shit he even got away from. Um, so when he pulls up, they ain't pull up for Franklin, though. Not this time. They pulled up to ask him, where your man Leon at? Somebody got to go down for killing this little six-year-old girl. Who? That nigga Franklin said he don't even know no Leon, nigga. I wouldn't have went that route. I'd have just said I haven't seen him. Like, nigga. I ain't seen a nigga in days. I ain't seen him in months. Fuck it. Me and Leon ain't seen each other since before I got shot. Like, yo, we had a falling out. Yeah. I ain't seen the nigga in a lot months literally i have not seen that nigga since before i got shot because technically i only seen him a few times since i got shot so why why not just tell the truth and leave it at that but he told him i don't even know no leon clearly you do we know that's your man we know you grew up with him this ain't even that question now you fucking mocking me a little bit so now i gotta fuck with you for real Niggas tensed up, grabbed their billy clubs. Yeah, they got the billies because it was the detect and two fucking uh, black and whites, nigga. The irony. Man. These niggas is about to get beat the fuck up in broad daylight with a nightstick. And the irony that the detective watching this was black and the black and whites was white. And you was letting this happen, nigga. But um, they went on through Franklin on the trunk, hit Peaches in the knee with the billy club real quick. Told them niggas to open the trunk up. Give me the keys. I'm going to open this trunk. I'm thinking, like, now how they going to get themselves out of this one? I'm like, man, these niggas caught. We just saw them load up something in the trunk. Cops opened it. And shout out to the homie James. He reminded us that at this point, the cops ain't even know to check the speakers yet, <laughs> nigga. Like, they ain't even know. Flip them bitches open a little bit. Drug trade is just popping off. They don't know about the, the stash We spots. early. They don't know the stash spots yet, man. So the niggas opened the trunk. They didn't see shit. <laughs> they may not know about the 12s yet. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> when did that become a thing? I don't know. Because it wasn't the 70s, I love it. right? It wasn't the 70s. This had to be the 80s. And this is what, 84-ish? Mm -hmm. Like, when did speakers like that become a thing? I don't know, nigga, but we, I'm finna go back to that. It's I time to move some the first way. nigga that was like, yo, let's put bigger speakers in the car even franklin got smart with them niggas when they opened the trunk didn't see shit but the speaker that nigga say you ain't gonna get mad at me for having excessive bass are you like damn nigga bass. little extra bass nigga they don't even know what's in there you got bass in there nigga little bass head ass shit i love it dog um more importantly though cops is looking for leon so i felt like right at yeah. this point all right we gonna find out where the fuck leon hiding did they ever, like, reveal exactly where that was that he was at? Was that, was he back at Franklin Apartments? Yeah, he was back in the apartments. Oh, my God. I feel like that's the worst place to rehide a nigga ever, bro. Why? Don't nobody know he Well, did. shit, apparently, it's the greatest place, but I feel don't like. Don't nobody know his mom's on that bitch. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The shit dangerous. You was already there, and you was safe. I feel like I wouldn't have took him back there. I'd have found somewhere else. But, eh, I guess niggas ain't got nowhere else to go. Do Franklin still own that crib up on the hill? That Melody Pops found, nigga. Because you remember, didn't nobody know he lived there. Right. I'll probably hide the nigga up there, but that's just me, nigga. Anyway, um, then we go to the part of the episode where shit started getting a little, little different than the tone that's been set. And this is kind of what I want to talk about. So we go to Scully Crib. 
Scully got a whole bunch of crosses on the wall, pictures of Jesus, a lot of religion happening on the wall. He's standing in front of that wall and he's praying. He's repenting. Then man boy walks in. Man boy calmly walks in. Now, we talked about this last week, but it stood out in this scene a lot. So man boy could just walk in the bottoms. Head head crip nigga in Compton. Head crip nigga from Compton walked straight through the bottoms in Inglewood. Who came through him personally, came through and killed Shot the whole bottoms up. Kill kids. Nigga, his sister was mad at him. Like, fam, you shot up my whoa, home. Whoa, nigga. whoa, 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 whoa. What's happening? That nigga killed a kid. Yeah. Cause that episode, season finale? Yeah. It was a it was a mom with a, a little boy. Holding her literally son on the ground and she's standing over him crying. Now you mad at somebody somebody killed a kid and you killed uh, a kid? Uh, In that exact same complex? Yeah. Fam, you literally came through here and terrorized the fucking bottoms and then pulled out with the most sinister look on your face ever, nigga, holding the tech. Like, now you all of a sudden just walk into, we know where Scully lived. That nigga walked into, like, what's up, y'all? Like, God, y'all friends? And wearing blue. Like, nigga, you not even trying to be fucking neutral here, dog. Again, we remember that, what was that, 91, with the, when the Crips and the Bloods tied their fucking flags together and did they truce? Yeah. Nigga, apparently this shit started in 85, nigga. The truce was early, dog. You killed my niece slash your daughter. Blood Crip truce. Remember we was talking about, like, when shit was, like, crack was really cracking? (laughs) 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 And, like, violence was at an all-time high. You know, murder rate was the highest in 1991 and 1992. Yeah. That was the highest when the murder rate was, like. It was insane, nigga. Yeah. It was on crack. Because crack was cracking. Yeah. 80s and when it came out, but not by the 90s? Nah, it was going to fuck down. Yeah. It was going down. Um, but when I was looking at those statistics and from our other episode, yeah. 1991 through 92 was the was the peak insanity, of the murder bro. era. And violent murders and the murder rate has went down every year since. Mm. We're safer now than we were like in 20 years time. ago, yeah. Like 25 per, years ago. Like per capita in 91, 92, it was like point. Nine murders per 100,000 people. Damn. And like it dropped down to like 4.2, 4.5. It dropped down like the half. Mm. So I know it is kind of portrayed that like we're, we're crazy right now. Yeah. But it's, it's we, I don't know. I don't know which one is better. To, yeah. like, have we gotten better or have, or have we stopped peaking? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we we could have hit our peak then. Um. I feel like the world in general outside of just violence and, and murder is so much crazier than it was in 91, 90. Because, like, think about Detroit. Like, mm-hmm. They talk about, yo, this the murder, this and murder that, and this is all the killings and shit we see. If y'all not from the city and y'all want to see what goes on in the yeah. city, follow Crime News in the D yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, You'll see the madness. Yeah. It's a lot of shit going on. But it ain't got shit on the 90s. Mm-mm. Which Man, is wild. Can you imagine crime in the D in the 90s? The the era that we grew up in mm-hmm. throughout the, I was born in 82. So through 82 to 90, them first 10 years of my life. Yeah. It was pandemonium. Yeah. I, um, I look at shit like that, right? And, and I, I look at the shit that goes on in the world right now. Like we got even shit. We talking about a show about crack and you look at the opioid use currently and and how it relates to other eras where drugs were killing youth and and strung stringing people out and all that nigga 
it's still less. Unfortunately, it's less than what it was then. But it's like, I feel like it's almost more dangerous now. Like it's less violence, less murder, less drug addiction statistically. But I feel like it's a lot more like the the potential is a lot higher for shit to go really left really fast right now. I don't know, man. Like I feel like if, I just kind of feel like it depends on where you at. I agree. I agree. Because if certain, you look at what we talking about, you look at L.A. and We looking at fucking what I see like so in the city. Mm hmm. For the most part, like you can be you you safe if you stay away from mm-hmm. dangerous shit. <laughs> like no, that's real like shit. There's there's certain areas that you know not areas. I want to be like yo, if you drop past this, you're gonna get hurt. But like, as native Detroiters, there are certain things we know. If we do, there's an uptick in the potential for something to happen. If you if you hanging around for the let out, it's probably gonna be a issue. something might go down. Hey. If I go to lose after we done recording this pod to go get a fucking corned beef at two in the morning. Which one? Right here. I'm never going to uh, six mile lose. Yeah, because that one, there no. might be an issue. <laughs> well, that one I don't even think stays open as late as uh, Greenfield lose. But even Greenfield lose ain't safe. I done been in a fight right in front of that bitch. <laughs> it didn't happen. And I never got my sandwich. And I was very That's mad about that. 7 Evergreen too? 7 Evergreen. A lose? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm straight not hip when I think seven, eight, what's, you know what? I'm thinking Mr. Cornby. That's off. Uh, yeah, that ain't, damn, I ain't know it was a seven to Evergreen lose though. Let me just verify that. I uh, yeah. That, cause. Yeah, on seven mile. Damn. Who the fuck knew? I'm an old school lose nigga. I know two locations, dog, and both of them get you killed, but one is yeah, safer than another. Yeah, yeah. Damn. That look like they're selling out somebody's house. That's Lou's house, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that, it's been there forever, but, like, it's it's super low-key that niggas Damn, don't. Yeah, because it's somebody's crib, nigga. You got to <laughs> ring the doorbell. Hey, can I get a rose lawn? <laughs> Goddamn. Hey, who knew? I might go try that bitch just because, nigga. Lou's Deli for y'all who not, uh, y'all not help. Watch that be the one I get shot at, nigga. <laughs> like, God damn it. Uh, knock on wood, <laughs> I love, like, I know some niggas who believe, knock on wood, do something, but they don't believe in God, nigga. I'll be like, y'all some wild niggas. Whatever you stuff. believe is true, though. <laughs> so if you believe that knocking on wood, you can say, nigga, there it go. Ah, shoot that nigga through the wood. Anyway, um, I. Crack, bring him up <laughs> and I ain't splitting no poles either. <laughs> Yo, fam, the other day, me and Shorty walking, she probably didn't even realize I did this shit. She walked past the other side of the pole. I straight went behind and was like, I think I'm going around the other side of the pole, nigga. This motherfucker trying to kill us all. I was like, dog. I was like, oh, she really mad at me. <laughs> like, goddamn. Anyway. Motherfucker trying to make you split the pole. <laughs> like, like, how you going to do that? We've been walking on the same side all the street. Then you get to the pole and just go left. Okay. You want to break up? Just tell me. <laughs> you ain't got to be clandestine about yeah, it, nigga. Tell cool. me. You ain't got to be low. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to Scully. Talk. So Scully's standing in front of this wall praying, talking to himself. He kind of going crazy. Man boy walks in and he like, sis, what the fuck he doing? She like, the nigga repenting for his sins. What the fuck are you doing, though? Because why the fuck you still ain't found Leon, nigga? Man boy like, yo, this nigga high again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, nigga, I'm not that high. That nigga Scully said, nigga, I'm not high. <laughs> he was low-key offended. Yeah, I'm not high. I'm for Yo. real. 
all the bad things are happening. <laughs> that nigga, like, all this shit is happening because, nigga, God is doing this, nigga. God is always watching. Like, that nigga say, yo, my daughter died because of all the shit that we've done, me and you. Yeah, nigga. All the shit we've done, like, she died. And it's like. <laughs> but, like, no, literally, she's dead because of me and no, you. No, that's literally the reason she died. <laughs> but I don't necessarily know that all the things going on right now, like, you looking at your wall full of crosses on a religion you don't follow is now just going to, like, stop because you praying. Rob just sent the voice note in. Oh, my man. My man. You want to play that shit? Yeah. Fuck it. Let me see. Let me download. Rob, what's good, my boy Silver? Young guy, man. Look, um, look at my phone and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, too, because I for sure wouldn't have noticed. Um, Rob, we about to play this voice note and see what the God is talking about. What's up, fellas? Quick question. Snowfall, crack, CIA related. <laughs> Yo, is he, is he tapping us? the mid to late 90s, gentrification has occur occurred all over the United States. Here in New York, the areas that were affected the most by the crack epidemic, Bedford-Stuyvesant, South Jamaica, uh, Williamsburg, all over, Spanish Harlem and West Harlem, where I live. Do you think that this was a plan, this was one of the plans that to destroy these neighborhoods and then we could gentrify and build, rebuild them and then sell the housing at a higher price. And, and um, I know it's happening in Los Angeles and Chicago and other urban areas as well. What's the situation in Detroit as far as gentrification <laughs> goes in areas that used to be predominantly black? Um, looking forward to listening to your podcast on snowfall talk to you good brothers next week rob that's an excellent question and I, I appreciate the timing of it um detroit is the gentrification model detroit is literally being gentrified to the point that uh to what jay just mentioned not only is it the model if you go to downtown cleveland ohio it almost looks Blueprint to blueprint, building to building, like downtown Detroit right now. And I say that because one man's responsible for it all. Dan Gilbert. Yeah. Bedrock. New Detroit. Detroit 2.0. New Detroit. He is literally building Detroit into whatever the fuck he wants Detroit to look like. And he's owning. I mean, the model is great. It's, it's Buy every building. So much. The, the whole new Detroit. So much was said about new Detroit that... On Detroit Day, which is on March 13th, because it's 313, mm -hmm. there's a whole campaign about New Detroit. No, this ain't New Detroit. This mm -hmm. is like there, there's an anti campaign going on so we can stop this whole New Detroit thing. But to your to, to answer your question, um, roughly what what is 2021? Roughly about when it was Detroit. Could you, when did the Detroit uh, 187 come on? The TV show. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. There was a television show on ABC called Detroit 187. That came out in... 2007, 2008? No, September 21st, 2010. Perfect. And I'll, it was 2010 to 11. Ten years ago, there was a there was a concerted effort um, to drop the property value um, down in the city of Detroit. Mm. Um, nationally. There was a national campaign to bring as much bad attention from to Detroit. This is shortly after the housing yeah. market crashed in 2008 yeah. where the property value. So 
It's like, oh, you can buy a house in Detroit for 300 bucks. Yeah. Um, there was a national campaign on 2020. They had a thing, a nigga on, in the city talking about he eating fucking raccoons and shit. Mm-hmm. And squir- like, it was a national campaign to make Detroit be- look bad because once that $3,000 house got sold, the house down the street, which was appraised mm-hmm. at 100000 or 200000 whatever it was, that lost its value. So much, in fact, that it pushed you. If you weren't up upside down in your mortgage, yeah. now you are. So yeah. then I moved. Yeah. And all the property value dropped so much so Detroit was the anomaly where it was actually cheaper to live downtown in the city than it was to live in the suburbs. Yeah. That was the only place. Usually if you go downtown New York City, downtown Chicago, any other place, it was. That was the expensive real estate. So around that same time, they started switching. They flipped it. But these were the areas that were. And I mean, it was by design, right? Again, we go back to Dan Gilbert. We go back to Bedrock. We go back to Quicken Loans. They were located in Livonia initially. They were in the Burbs initially. They brought it to downtown Detroit because not only do we want to flip and gentrify downtown Detroit, but we need our presence here. I say this a lot, man. Um, My father, who worked for the water department for the city of Detroit for like 35 years, um, I must have been 10 years old. He told me this was the plan. Mm. He literally told me, like, yo, um, essentially, all the black people are going to be pushed out to the suburbs. All the white folks are going to move back into the city. And then once they're back in the city, the people on the outskirts will have no way to come back into the city. There there, there aren't buses that's going to take you from suburbs into the city. And that's exactly what's happened. That's one thing about Detroit, um, just kind of giving you layout. um, one thing we we struggle with in Detroit is public transit. Yeah. Yes, we have a bus system, and uh, I I know Jay has used that bus system. I have used that bus system. I've used the people mover downtown. We've done all the shit that's available to move around in Detroit, but we don't have a train that it gets you from a Brooklyn to a Queens. Nigga. And, and we're under the impression that because we're the big three, mm-hmm. that that would stop auto sales mm-hmm. somehow. Like they don't sell cars to the entire world yeah yeah no they only sell cars to detroit um but that's it that you know that's been a thing so much so like so rob you be on the the the, the train mm-hmm. um public transportation in the city of detroit is looked at as a negative yeah like yeah. you're less than if you're Where on the bus trains and buses in a, a new york a chicago shit a la um when you ride the train and or the bus in any of these other major metropolises that's just a normal part of your day to day. It's a part of your commute. Yeah. You ride the bus in Detroit, you a broke nigga. You a clown. You ain't got no car. You a bum. It's crazy. You a bum. You know how much I caught the bus when I was young? All the time. <laughs> Literally, I didn't fam, my license was suspended five times. My permit was suspended when I got that. That's six total suspensions of me being able to transport myself from A to B. Nigga, if I ain't had a bus, I couldn't move when I was younger, dog. But I have a green bus. Cause I was on Joe and Evergreen. Uh-huh. I on the Evergreen bus go directly to Fairlane, my nigga. Fam, I caught the fucking eight mile bus to Northland, the Evergreen bus to Fairlane. I catch the fucking uh, Evergreen bus back to Northland. Catch the smart to if I needed to go past eight mile. Like fam, we moved around on this shit. But again, we was little young broke niggas, dog. According to Detroit. I mean, I, I literally was, though. Yeah, no, no. I know and recognize and I'm proudly a High young school broke nigga. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, until I... Like, Fam, I everybody I know grade. who went to Cass back in the day caught the bus. Yeah, I, I got a car like in uh, 
12th grade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 12th grade I got a car. No, so, 11th grade. 11 or 12, I don't fucking remember. 12th to the, grade. To the point that um you brought up when, when you just mentioned Detroit 187, when I looked that up, something real interesting caught my eye too. The pilot of that episode was filmed in what I know to be gentrification capital of the world because I lived there as it was happening the same way I live in Detroit now as it's happening. Atlanta is where they filmed that pilot at. And one thing I remember about Atlanta, the very first day I moved down there back in 2007, I was driving around just getting my bearings. I don't really know the city that well at that point. So I'm driving around just kind of, you know, fucking around, about to go meet some homies at the bar. It's first night there and the street I was going to, as I'm getting toward the main street that I need to be on, it was a fucking project at this corner. And it was project. It was homeless people all over. Literally that corner was like insane. Like they rushed you. If you got stopped at a red light at that corner, maybe a year from that point, maybe close to two years, luxury apartments, not a homeless person in sight on that same block. That's how it is on cash street, man. When I used to go to cash, Man, it was bums everywhere. Fam, Cass Corridor. Like, Cass Corridor was not. No, it wasn't pleasant. You wasn't walking through that bitch calmly. You didn't do your morning jog through Cass Corridor. The condos wasn't starting in the 150s. (laughs) That's what their signs be like, starting in the 150s or whatever. And it's, again, to be natives of these type of areas, Rob, to your point, to have, have grown up in New York, for you to see South Jamaica, for you to see Williamsburg. Like, fam, Williamsburg, Brooklyn is not. The hood no more, dog. Marcy ain't the hood. Marcy ain't the hood. You go to Chicago, Cabrini Green ain't barely there, dog. Like, it's one building left. Have you seen the gardens lately? Yes. The gardens. Bro. So, look. So, peep this. All right. This is The King Home's all we got left. My mom Mm -hmm. said when she was younger, she wanted to live in the gardens. Mm. Because that's how great they looked. They said it was green back in the day. Um, Hence the gardens. I get it. Um... Never put, never yeah. put Herman yeah. Gardens. It's a bar. Um, but we grew up with them being brown. Yeah. Uh, but like she said, it was great. Now, if you go over there um, on the Dre Road side um, and yeah, all the way through the Warren side, the whole, that yeah. whole, I guess that's about that's a straight. mile. Yeah. Yo, them places, they look nice. Yeah. Now, I don't know what they're going to look like 20 years from now. Yeah. Or I don't know. But that's, it's next to a suburb though. Well, like, not necessarily a suburb, but like Dearborn yeah. is not far. It's right there. Yeah. It's right there. On the Warren side, you're Dearborn in, is right there. You're you're literally half a mile away on that Warren side, bro. But I noticed what's happening. Mm-hmm. So the Murder Mac mm-hmm. is on a corner of Gerald and Southfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Murder Mac because you may get murdered at that McDonald's. Uh, I had a friend of mine murdered at that McDonald's. Mm. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, I've I've been almost robbed at that McDonald's on two different occasions, and I had mm-hmm. to we had to escape with our lives, literally. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of the Southfield Freeway, there's another gas station. Yep. And then that gas station got fixed up and cleaned and looked nice, and yeah. like it's a it's a very it's a straight line of demarcation on this side of the freeway mm-hmm. and that side of the freeway. Like you're, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, you're not safe, but like yeah. you're quote unquote safer on that side. That's where all the lights in that in that right. parking lot. Uh, 
Do you think, um, cause, cause we're from Detroit, so this kind of happens to the city as a whole, but talking about the murder Mac specifically, um, and this is real local talk. So for all the listeners who don't hear, just who don't live here, just enjoy the vibes right now. Google murder Mac. Do you think like places like the murder Mac at this point, not when we was growing up, but right now they exist on reputation more than, than anything like to your point about one being safer than the other, right? Like the gas station over here that's been fixed and made nice again. Closer to, it's closer to, it's closer to the garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's on the right side of the street. Right. And that's kind of Detroit. And I guess that's kind of gentrification as a whole, right? Like, yo, we fixing this. We going to get to that. Trust me, because the goal is to get to all of this. That's what they want. But in some areas, they're not going to be able to get. Because that area used to be totally different. But from that Southfield Freeway all the way down to to Rouge Park, it's diminishing. Yeah, it's still what we knew it to be and what we saw it becoming throughout the 90s and early 2000s. But, boy, when you get off Southfield at Joy, you go east a little bit. Or when you get to Warren and you go east, it's a whole different area, dog. It's nice. You, it's livable. The grass ain't four foot tall. Like yeah, I want to really, be over there. It really switched Warren and Greenfield. Mm-hmm. You know, Warren and you get past Greenfield, then that's when you in Dearborn, Dearborn yeah, Heights. And yeah, you on the whole other Dearborn side of the earth, there. man. So, uh, Rob, to your question, yeah, gentrification has absolutely impacted Detroit um, as majorly as it has. And again, I'm talking per capita. As any major city you might want to talk about, you talk about New York, you talk about L.A., Chicago, Atlanta, gentrification has done Detroit a lot of good. Yeah, sure. We're seeing more money downtown Detroit than we've probably seen in my lifetime. Downtown, Midtown, Midtown, fam, Corktown ain't never been this popping. In my whole life, Corktown ain't never been popping the way Corktown pops right now. But damn, dog, at what cost? So the only other thing about gentrification is gentrification is not exclusively for white people facts because you can gentrify your own fucking neighborhoods Mm -hmm. the process of taking something with quote-unquote lesser value fixing up and bringing up the property value we can do that ourselves now in the city of detroit when a lot of different business owners and different things happen they were trying to do things Mm -hmm. bureaucratic and red tape stuff pushed them out to stop us from doing it. Yeah. But th- th- there's always that part too. The fucked up part is man, gentrification, at least in Detroit. Um, I can't just sit here and say it's black and white. Mm. Shit is just rich and poor. Nigga. Yeah. That's it. It's rich and poor. If enough of us had money to go occupy the $2,000 micro apartments that they have downstairs or downtown, we'd be there. Business. You know, you know where La Casa at and where mm-hmm. the fish market and everything. Yep. Like, there was a bunch of different things that people had tried to get lease agreements to buy that area and they just wouldn't sell it to them. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't get it or they got kicked out. Yeah. And then other businesses came in and were allowed to, to thrive. Yeah. And here's the thing, man, for a lot of that shit down there, once they kicked us out, however that was, right, whether we couldn't get the lease agreement renewed, um, whether we had a business and then lost a liquor license or whatever the fuck got us kicked out, once they kicked us out, that's when they bumped that price up. Yeah. And guess what, man? When you kick me out, more than likely I don't have the money to return because if I had it, 
you wouldn't have been able to kick me out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So all that shit is rich and poor. Um, definitely not as clear as black and white downtown Detroit, man. But uh, yeah, gentrification has impacted us so many ways. Um, some of them positive, but a lot of them for Cause for skin of, folk. It's a lot of folks. I mean, for yeah. all, the, all the flack Dan Gibber get, a lot of us work. Well, not us, but a lot of people in hey. the city. Well, not a lot of us no, in the city. No, Quicken Loans works. Employ- Quicken Loans and Bedrock. Employs a good number of people you will talk to from Detroit, Michigan. That's just a fact. That's just what it is. I can act like y'all hate the man, but you first job I got when I moved back here was at Quicken as a fucking uh uh banker, and the reason was because this was like, yo, I don't have to look for this job. I just go get it. Everybody worked there. It's a lot of people making a lot of fucking money. Yeah, down with uh with Dan. I was so. one of them. Um, but. It's also a lot of people who work there that aren't bankers and don't make a lot of money. A lot of people work down there who aren't on the corporate side of things and don't make a lot of money. And a lot of them is making 12, 13 an hour. Every now and then they team might get a little prize. Hey, we'll send you on a vacation. Go down to the Florida, to the Bahamas or something just to make it look like you getting by and you having this great work environment. But really you can't fucking live in the homes that you selling or that you reappraising or that you doing whatever on. nigga. You can't live in, you can't afford them. Why? Because them motherfuckers, what you literally like a, can't live downtown. Why they give you like a twenty twenty thousand dollars worth of towards a house or some shit in the they, city? They got some incentives, mm-hmm. um, but you gotta qualify. And this motherfuckers who nigga working down there, your debt gotta be in order. You can't even get a job at quick. I don't give a fuck what you do. Your That's debt gotta be taken care of. Yeah, you, it's a it's a credit score. Bro. Yeah, like they they doing a lot down there to make sure that even the most bare minimum job that they have, you gotta earn it. And you gotta qualify for it. So I think they were doing like if you move in the city, you get uh like twenty grand, and if it was like downtown, it was ten. It was either ten and twenty. Yeah. I don't forget how it worked. You just gotta be able to afford it, man. A lot of motherfuckers can't get there and can't qualify. So nice. if you work for a mortgage company, it won't give you a fucking mortgage. Something's wrong. <laughs> a bar, <laughs> low key. We could wrap the pot on that. That's a fucking bar, man. Um, back to uh to snowfall. I know that was a little aside right there, but that was a great fucking topic that uh that Rob brought up. So we in that scene, we see Scully repent. We see man boy like, yo, what the hell is he doing? What's going on with him? He back on that shit. Scully like, no, nigga, I'm not high. They sister like, nigga, I don't give a fuck what you talking about. And man boy, I don't give a fuck what you doing here. Why y'all niggas ain't finding Leon? Nigga can't, we can't find a nigga. Like, yo, we looked all over. We don't know where the nigga at. Have some patience. And she like, nigga, I don't have patience. My fucking daughter did, bro. Bitch, your daughter did because of you. Mm. Fuck would you have her in a fucking car with these mm. killers, niggas, for? Mm. When y'all knee-deep in a fucking beef with Bloods and Crips, with yeah. your, you beefing with your brother. Why the fuck you got your baby in that goddamn back? First of all, and I've brought this up many a fucking time, but I'm going to bring it out one more time. Fam, your brother is the head Crip, and your baby daddy is the head Blood, nigga. Who the fuck are you, nigga? Like, you got a lot of nerve to have your daughter in the middle of the shit that you involved in, dog. When literally, before y'all was warring with Leon and Franklin and that whole group, them two niggas was warring, dog. Why is your daughter ever around any of this shit, bro? Your daughter need to be at Grandma Crib at all times, period. And apparently, man boy told you this shit. Nigga, told you not to have her around that shit. And now you did, and now you got her caught up. But she don't want to hear none of that right now. Right now, all she got on her mind is vengeance. And so she basically tells them niggas, if y'all won't do it, I get it done myself. That's what the tone of that scene was, right? Meanwhile, on the other side of the earth, Uncle and Auntie go to Little Rock to go visit her friends. 
This her homegirl that she came up with. Sister. Sister. Okay. I, I thought it was a friend. Okay. But this fam. And they go down there. My sister and her husband. And, and was that their kid? The young dude? If it wasn't her sister, it was like a close friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This somebody she grew up. Because they even referenced like, yo, she was the one got us in trouble all the time yeah, when we was yeah, younger. Yeah. So whether it was fam or not, this fam. And they go to Little Rock. They go down there. They about to get them the recipe. We're going to teach y'all how to sell this work because we need to expand. And Little Rock's a great place to fucking do it. And again, for those of us who grew up in the fucking 80s and 90s, we know what happened on Banging in Little Rock. We've seen it. Um, well, Unc kind of questioned it, right? Mm-hmm. She was like, man, this shit different down here. Ain't no game banging in Little Rock. <laughs> like she literally said that shit. And ain't no murderers down there. Ain't no burglars down there. Ain't no fucking crack in Little Rock right now. They might be a little familiar with some weed, might be familiar with even a little coke, but it ain't no fucking crack in Little Rock right now. Y'all bringing this shit to the hood. This is the part where, again, that expansion is one thing for the government to help Franklin drop this shit off in the middle of LA. That was very targeted and very specific. But once we take it upon ourselves to now walk this shit into other cities and neighborhoods and teach them, we literally, they went up there to show them how to cook. Man, you opening up Pandora's box in a whole different way now. Now shit gets realer than, we already got enough problems at home. And you see how she tried to tell Unc like, oh, they ain't got no Who? gangs here and all that. Who? Taught the RZA how to make crack on episode or season one. They said some Oakland niggas, like some some Hispanic dudes. I feel like taught him, and then they went to go learn from him. It was a, a documentary called Bastards of the Party. Mm. It was uh, narrated by Mike Epps mm -hmm. and Snoop Dogg in some in some cases. And it was talking about the crack epidemic. Okay. And like nigga, this shit was made in a laboratory. And then somebody came and taught you how to make it. Mm, it was COVID. Because it, that's a whole talk about conspiracy theories. <laughs> somebody being willfully ignorant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> but like this is not something that you can stumble upon you can't stumble upon like yo i'm gonna take some coke and then i'm gonna put gasoline and do all this extra shit yeah. and do this and then i'm gonna put some water and then heat and baking soda not that i know the recipe yeah. but like you're gonna do all this shit like someone taught you and so the and the drugs like yo it was created in the high Last a certain way The addictive Like it was created This is not a Yeah It's not a natural thing It's not weed It's manufactured It's manufactured yeah. And the CIA was selling it Man You factured Man, Come you on now They not this listening shit so good. They not listening boy But so the CIA Was actually selling it uh -huh. Right so Who made it Yeah There's proof That it was made in a laboratory In UCLA At UCLA mm -hmm. Google that shit Yeah Um it's it's fucking crazy. It's really wild, right? Because you you think about how deep this shit, like we lived in the middle of this. 
We were young then. You was born in 82. I was born in 84. We obviously weren't fucking direct descendants or viewers and witnesses of what was going on. Like, we was young. We didn't really get it. We knew shit was happening. We didn't get it. I grew up with a lot of crackheads in my family, a lot of crack dealers in my family. I didn't get the fucking gravity of what was happening, dog. And to read about the shit that we read about now, it's, no, it's insane, cat. bro. No, you can literally Google that shit. Uh, the UCLA involvement in the crack epidemic, and um, this was a Dr. Ronald K. Siegel, the PhD, who was speaking upon this. There's a bunch of different articles, so I'm not just making um, making shit up. No, and um, here's the thing, bro. Uh, we grew up in the hood, right? Did you grow up knowing a lot of chemists? A lot of... Expert chemists who were just in their crib making shit other than crack, nigga. Like, yo, we made crack in the 80s, but now I'm whipping up some new shit because I just know how to whip shit. Because I just know how to create from all these different chemicals. No, nigga. You were taught. Heisenberg. <laughs> Man, somebody was taught how to whip that. It's just a fact. And did they just share that recipe? Shared it with the right people. Again, they did what Unc and Aunt Louie doing. They expanded. Yo, we figured it out in the lab. Aunt and Unc figured it out in fucking uh, their crib. That's where we started all this shit. Franklin came back, recipe, taught y'all how to cook up. We figured it out. We we moved it all over L.A. You know what? Now we got to move it out of here. So they took this shit up the road. Go visit her friend slash sister, whoever the fuck this is. And Unc ain't feeling it, dog. Unc is not with the shits. His attitude from jump was not right, bro. He looked at like you gonna look them people in the lie to him. Hey, like what you mean? Like you 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 dropping the napalm? Told him we drop napalm on them people. Said either we about to get them killed or turn them into killers. A bar. She said, "No, nah, this is different. It, it ain't no gangs in here like it is in L.A. Nigga, not yet." Because, again, back to banging in Little Rock, was a whole lot of bloods and crips on that motherfucker. Because they once, came. Once we get you cracking, cracking, no pun intended. but All pun intended. Fuck that. We going to send somebody out there to, to, to make sure y'all know what y'all doing. Fam. We're going to see y'all some muscle. And guess what? They're going to be they gonna be whatever neighborhood they from is what they're going to be affiliated with. And yeah. now you're about to have a neighborhood gang in Los Angeles, from Los Angeles, in mm-hmm. Little Rock. That's why they so. And like, guess who they going to recruit? Gang members like them. How much did banging in Little Rock have an impact on you? Fam, banging in Little Rock, first of all, made me scared to go to Little Rock. Then I remember when I first heard, I literally remember this, when I heard Bill Clinton was from Little Rock, I was like, oh, that, that must sense. must be two sides. Because I was like, this nigga's not a blood. I damn near think that banging in Little Rock was like the instruction of how you gangbang Damn. and how you shoot and all that shit. Like, niggas immediately started gangbanging in the city. It was literally banging a Little Rock. I ain't even noticed many niggas had HBO back in the day. Banging a Little Rock was an instructional guide, bro, to how to gangbang, how to stack. How to stack. I remember niggas, I lived on Six in. Mile at the time. I remember niggas starting to stack. They told you the rules that no, you can get if you're a girl, you, you can get sex, sex in, in or you can get jumped in. in. Like they gave you all the fucking rules to do it and Damn. then gave everybody the blueprint to do it. It was a play by play. It was a play by play. That shit might as well have been called by fucking Mark Jackson and them, dog. They literally gave us the game in that one thing. And again, that's what Frank, or I'm sorry, what Aunt Louie and Unc went up there. I'm giving you the game. We about to literally sit here in your backyard and I'm gonna show you how to cook this crack. And old girl even said, like, 
nigga, she tasted the Coke a little bit, you know, did a little bump to the gums, nothing crazy. And she like, damn, nigga, this shit is pure. She like, why we can't just sell this? Alu said, nah, got to cook it like I'm about to tell you. The shit more addictive, you're going to make more money. More addictive, it get the people hooked. And they warned them a couple times, too, and I, I feel like this is going to come back at some point. They told them at least two or three times you can't do it. Skinny dude doing the drugs. Skinny sure. dude will absolutely do the drug, And I think the dude, the husband, is going to do something. I think mama do it for the husband do it. You think so? Yeah. The he husband just gave too. me a vibe like he going to do some shit and then go crazy. Like husband was, because uh, I can't think of his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He seemed more of a realist. It was like, yo, cut this shit. Like he asked, he asked, I'm like, all right, so I'll be seeing all that shit on television down there. Y'all be crazy. What's, what's this going to do? He was like, yeah. well, when you get all the money, it come to haters. Like, well, how y'all handle them? Yeah. And he was like, let me show you. All right, that's the first thing. And then once he told him, um, don't ever smoke it, then he yeah. was like, no, nah, man, cut this shit. What y'all bring? What y'all got down here? What y'all here? bring down what here? What is this? Hey. And he ain't seem like he was with it. But then his girl on some Tasha shit convinced him to <laughs> get you. She already thought the nigga wasn't a man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, clown him. Or not clown him, but she, she said straight she up to Auntie, like, that nigga can't take, he barely could take care of his family. He getting up, going to work every day, da, 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 like, and then she did that thing I don't like when people do. She hit Aunt Lou with that, and look at you. You got everything we ever wanted. You got your club, and you you a millionaire now, and you got, and Aunt Lou, like, yo, you give it a little time, y'all going to be able to do all this shit, too, everything you want to do. And that's how, Aunt Lou is up there selling them people right now. I'm selling you on a dream, dog. And he looking at his wife like, I can't stand you. Yeah. He, he really got a disgust Uncle was looking. hurt by this shit. Like, you gonna look on. So you gonna look at people in the eye and lie. So that, that look that he's had that I've mentioned every episode of this season, it finally came to to uh, that, that peak where he was just pissed off and couldn't deal with it no more. So the first night they there, they get ready to go to sleep. And Unc couldn't even lay down comfortably, dog. He like, Isn't we in this little hot, tiny-ass motherfucker. Like, she like, nigga, what's wrong with you, dog? That nigga said, why you looking people in the eye and lie like that? You done brought this shit to them? Like, do you know what the fuck this going to do to these people, dog? And she basically telling that nigga, like, fam, they going to be good. We going to get money. Everybody going to get paid. That nigga Unc said, what you want? You got your club. You we want, got enough money. What you want, Nefertiti? No, I called her Cleopatra. Cleopatra. Called her Cleopatra, nigga. What else you need, Cleopatra? Damn, you got jewelry, money, a club. We got all the cars, all the cash. Nigga, at a certain point, we could stop. But Unc don't know. Ain't no stopping, nigga. The government is funding this shit. You stop when them niggas put you in jail. It's a roller, not a drop. It don't never stop. Hey. So Auntie finally told him. Auntie finally told them, nigga. She told them who Teddy really was. She said, yo, Reed Thompson, nigga CIA. What's his name? Reed Thompson? That nigga's fucking CIA. She said, that nigga's using this money to fund the war in Nicaragua. He's like, oh, that's why the nigga get it to so fucking cheap. Yeah. And he said, oh, that's how Franklin got off on that murder charge. Huh. Shoot your man broad daylight in front of another fucking agent, a DEA agent. The like, DEA agent come up dead, and you get out. 
I'm glad you brought that up. Um, somebody I still content with made made a um a special uh, made a, a very good point. Uh huh. About how Franklin is protecting Leon and didn't kill Leon. Mm-hmm. He's already killed one of his best friends. Yeah. He's not gonna kill a second. Yeah. And we know he got he was fucked up over and that was the other one was an accident. Yeah. I meant yeah. to shoot you. I shot you in the leg to try not to kill you for yeah. real. I was trying to warn you, like, don't do that. Yeah. And then you end up dying because I hit our artery because, hey, I ain't the greatest shot, nigga. I don't know where I'm shooting you at. I don't know where your arteries is. So now I really got to protect Leon. And to that point, Leon has held this this little bit of disdain for Franklin since then. Like, even though they partnered and they did a lot of shit since then, but that one little thing, you still killed Kevin, dog. You killed my other best friend. Like, y'all was my two men's, and now I don't have but one man's, nigga. I don't like that. So, Unc looked at Auntie with disgust when she told him that. Like, fam, what in the fuck do you mean we can't stop? And she said exactly that. Like, nigga, the reason I haven't stopped, the reason we still doing this shit is because we can't, nigga. We in this for the long haul. We in this shit tied to the government, bro. It's deeper than rap. It's deeper than Nino Brown. It's bigger than Nino Brown. This is not Franklin, nigga. This is the CIA, bro. Unk didn't realize how in over his head he was. And I think now that nigga's starting to go through the motions a little bit, man. He was Which, like, I'm the only one in the dark? And he was like, nah, Leon. She was like, nah, know. Leon don't know. I don't even think Leon would understand the gravity of this shit if he did find out. Who the FBI? <laughs> what? Who the who the CPAs? They they tax attorneys? <laughs> like, oh, you talking about robbing them? Oh man. And Jarrell and them? God damn it. CIAA? <laughs> you mean that thing they be doing out of Memphis? Talking a little basketball tournament? <laughs> God damn it. The black schools? Oh, oh shit. Oh, man. Um, Speaking of fucking Leon. So Franklin went to Leon. At the beginning of the episode, we saw a news clip. A, we got warrants out on fucking Leon and on Fatback. Speaking of Fatback, let's talk about it. I mentioned on the other pod, I said Fatback was going to die first. I said it damn near verbatim just like that. I got kicked off Facebook because of it. They thought I was bullying the person who I was having a conversation with on Facebook, thought I was calling her fat back, and that she was going to die first. That would be a very mean thing to say, Facebook. I would never say that. If Facebook listened to our pod, they would know that I'm not I mean, that Swiss kind of Beats guy. Listens, so. Swiss Beats listens, and I got to be honest, Mark Zuckerberg, you're not as famous to me as uh, Swiss Beats, so... Till you a fucking Kasim Dean and them nigga. Did did did, yeah. did did Mark Zuckerberg graduate from college? Yeah, no nigga. And guess what? Guess what? what? Swiss go Stanford or some shit like that. No, no. Swiss went to Harvard, Harvard to go shit Harvard. on Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. little Harvard dropout ass nigga. Yeah, yeah I, I'm out I, I here. It. Hey, guess what, Zuckerberg? On my fucking podcast, I say what the fuck I want. So you a fuck nigga over here. Um, but shout out to my homie Ron who actually works. Uh, in close proximity to Mark Zuckerberg. I'm going to just say that. I'm not going to say where the fuck the nigga works, but clearly you can guess it. Um, I'm trying to have that nigga go see what the fuck's going on with my goddamn appeal. Because <laughs> I need to get out of jail, dog. I got shit to say and shit to promote. Anyway, um, Franklin went to go see Leon and said, look, I know it was an accident. They never should have had that little girl in the car. But we got to give up fat back, dog. Because this is the only thing I got. I can't let you go down, nigga. For whatever reason, I don't want to give you up. Whether it's because I feel something about killing Kevin or because you just my man and I feel like I'm not going to let one of my fucking mans go down. 
we got to get fat back to go turn himself in, dog. I feel like Leon was a little too quick to be like, all right. Like, he ain't put up the fight that I thought Leon would put up for that. He just was like, cool, bet, nigga. We'll go talk to the nigga. I mean, Leon was going to say, I'll take the bid. Like, nigga, you think you're going to be safe? Leon, you'll be dead on the way to the jail, nigga. They're literally actively looking for you, dog. Um, So they go see Fatback. He been staying at one of his cousins' crib. Apparently, he been living smooth because nobody knew that nigga was there but fucking Leon, nigga. So they go see him, and Franklin gave him that fucking game, man. He told him, look, you surrender. I'm going to get you the best lawyer available. We're going to take care of your family. $5,000 a month. Quarter million dollars. Quarter million when you get out. And that nigga said, look, the way the charges play it, nigga, you you turn yourself in and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Nigga, you might not even get a murder charge. That nigga Fatback said, but what if I do? I might get 50 years. And um, prison ain't really easy on niggas who kill kids. Franklin gave a look over to, to Leon. To Lee, yeah. Well, you know, I got people in there from that time that did six months in juvie. Uh, yeah, how the fuck you got prison people? Nigga, you act like you was in the prison. Like, nigga, you was and, in Nigga, you wasn't even in a gang yet. So I really don't trust none of your street times right in now. Gang now. Yeah, you ain't. Well, now he a saint. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga's a saint. You know what I'm saying? But prior to being a saint, you really wasn't shit. You was just a bad little kid who had a rap, nigga. You killed one nigga. Hey, cool. I ain't killed no niggas. So you're streeter than me, nigga. But I don't believe you know people in prison, dog, who gonna help fat back. If he go in there and start getting fucked with because he killed a little girl and took the rap for killing a little girl. Because Leon killed that little girl. But um, they tell him that, and Fatback reluctantly agreed. She's like, fuck it, man. I do whatever. If y'all going to take care of my family, fuck it. I'm with it. They take him down there. He turned himself in. And we asked the question, how long before Fatback snitches, nigga? Because he ain't like, he ain't want to go. He did not want to go, nigga. He got out the fam. Off top, if you fat back, what's on your mind right there, dog? I'm going to go or they going to kill me. Mm. Yeah. And again, I'm or also looking family. Like, I'm also looking at Franklin like, all right, you ain't really got no muscle. Peaches ain't really, you know what I'm saying? Peaches is peaches. He ain't really your muscle. He like the third nigga that you've had as a bodyguard. Then I'm looking at Lee like, you my man. I know you ain't really going to fuck with me for real. I'm probably walking toward that police station and then I'm hitting the corner. Nigga, fuck that. I'm out and I'm going back to my cousin's house and this time I'm not answering the door. Fuck y'all, nigga. But he turned himself in and then later in the episode, we see the news clip. They keep playing this news and it's not getting by me that they introduce this newspaper later and we keep, or lady, and we keep getting these little news clips and shit. Like I see how they trying to incorporate how much the news had something to do with what's going on. So they show the news later that night and it says, yo, Nigga Fatback, whatever his real name is, a.k.a. Fatback, turned himself in. He facing all these different charges. He got a million-dollar bond or bail. 10%, 100000 cash. We get him out. So Franklin see that shit on the news, him and Lee chilling. That nigga Franklin say, we get the money together, get him out tonight. Cool. Bet. That's the plan. And then the next scene... We see that nigga Fatback walking out to jail. So they led us to believe Franklin and them then sent that money through. Fatback? Then we see a girl. She say, Fatback, right? Franklin and Leon sent me down here. Fatback, little horny ass. 
oh yeah word they did she like yeah they told me to give you whatever you want he's taking care of me the, dog why niggas so stupid i mean what else do you think though like, who else gonna come up with that much amount of money to get him out and be out there waiting for him and say literally franklin and uh what you call it got you out like i would probably think they they sent them too I'm not getting in the car, and, they and neither of them niggas are there. They can't come. Franklin, I mean, Franklin can come. Why would he come? Peaches could come. I don't need to know. For one, I can't. I can't come because I don't need to know anybody. No one needs to know that I paid. But they dropped him off a hundred thousand dollars. Because now I got to explain where the fuck I got a hundred thousand dollars from. Um, so the lawyer. Was, the lawyer was going to go do it because the lawyer was going to go put up the bond. I can't go. And give a nigga a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, what I'm yeah. And Leon can't do it because nigga, I'm on the run. Yeah, Leon so, is them. I I get why he thought. And then these niggas is trying to be in my good graces because I'm doing this. Of course, they send some bitches to me. I ain't Man. the most. My name is Fatback. <laughs> you know yeah, he's not the the attractivest nigga ever born, but. Eh, I don't know, man. I don't know that I would have been this quick to trust it. But man, walk home. He saw a fine ass girl, and that nigga went with it. You gonna walk home? Like, what are you gonna do? Because your name, your face has been on the news for killing man, boy, kid. Yeah. Also that. So he's still in trouble. And I was hiding out, not from the police, but I was hiding because niggas want to kill us. Yeah. So I gotta get the fuck home. Yeah. Um, she say, "Hey, Leon and Franklin sent me. Hop in the car." We about to do the wild thing, dog. So he gets in the car. She driving. And it start getting a little weird. Like, we not headed home, nigga. So Fatback look at her like, yeah, where the fuck is we going? She like, oh, we meeting one of my homegirls over here. She said, you ever had a threesome before? Turned that nigga right back on. That nigga Fatback say, whoo, these niggas looking out. And then they pull up. They park. She talking to that nigga on some freak nasty shit. She like, yeah, we just going to wait on my homegirl to pull up and we about to get busy. And then next thing you know, Scully baby mom, a.k.a. Simone from All-American, jumps in there. Oh, so scene before this, she was cooking something at Scully and them apartment, right? Or her and Scully apartment. We didn't know what the fuck she was cooking. At first, the way they filmed it, it looked like the people in Little Rock may be cooking some crack and doing it wrong. Cause it looked bad. She put all type of shit, bleach and different cleaning. Yeah, products. it was hella shit in this in this pot, and she was just boiling it and cooking it up and making it all together. Come to find out, she boiled it all up so she could put it on this towel and drape that shit across fat back face and smother that nigga with it till he passed out. Nigga passed out. They dragged his big ass over somewhere and tied him up. And when he woke up, she had a knife. She like nigga, tell me where Leon at. Fatback like, yo, nigga, I don't, I don't know where the fuck Leon at, man. Fuck like, legitimately, I do not I know. I actually don't know. I've been in jail for the last 12 hours. I really don't know where Leon is, if y'all want to be a hundred. And I didn't know where the nigga was prior to him coming to see me. Like, I actually don't know. She like, man, tell me where the fuck Leon at. But this time she got that nigga a little poke with the knife. Stabbed him right under the titty. Looked like it hurt. Sure it did. Um... They tortured Fatback. Now listen, we let's talk, talk about, about it. This. Let's talk about it. Uh, this scene didn't do it for me. Okay. Um, I don't like. She murdered this nigga with a knife. She just kept stabbing and stabbing and stabbing. 
I don't know anything about this woman. I haven't established her as some monster or no shit like that. This was just a little bit. Too, I, I just it, it wasn't. It didn't come off as believable for me. The way that she was going back and forth and yeah. left and right. Now her homegirl, you know, she gave it a look like, "Yo, what's going on?" I get. I guess that was trying to show her that this was out of character. Yeah, like I get it. Like it doesn't. Like it's not lost on me why how this yeah. could happen. I don't think. It just wasn't believable for me that you stabbed somebody to death. So here's where this scene could have been a little more believable for me. Her wanting to torch fat back and all that. I get it. Y'all killed my daughter. I want to find the nigga. I know you didn't shoot my daughter personally. So you taking a rap don't mean nothing to me because I know who really did it. But if you're not going to tell me where your man is, I get her torturing and killing this nigga. But here's what I would have liked to see couple of different things they could have did to make the scene a little more effective for me one they could have put her on some drugs we've seen scully kind of get into crazy mode right drop the pcp liquid pcp in the ear um hey before i fucking dig this bullet out let me pour some heroin on my bullet hole nigga just to numb it up real quick make it feel good we've seen him kind of go into my crazy didn't just start today or start right now like i kind of walked into it her jumping on some drugs i would have believed it or last week's episode you remember the scene she was sitting in the hospital even when scully got there she was sitting there staring at space she looked like she was out her fucking mind after the daughter got killed that energy if they would have gave me a little bit of that i would have believed it none of that says you can stab a nigga 20 30 times Mm -mm. like i didn't but coming from fucking cooking up some baking soda and cleaning products and smothering this nigga with a towel. If you got stab a nigga 20 times energy. Oh, one thing that did happen. And we we called it as we saw it. When she was cooking the shit up, Scully came in there like, yo, this shit stank. What the fuck is you doing? She like, nigga, don't worry about it. Um, and I need some money. A lot of it. And I don't want to and I don't want to argue about it. I don't want to argue about it. Just give me some money. So I guess this is her getting at least a hundred thousand or yeah, some shit. She took the bread that Scully gave her to go bail fat boy out so when fat back got bailed out he thinking it's fucking franklin and them but then franklin lawyer called from in front of the bail bondsman spot like yo franklin did you bail fat back out franklin like uh nigga that's literally why i sent you down there like the fuck's you talking about lawyers say dog uh he not here apparently they already got that nigga out so if it wasn't you i don't know who the fuck else got him out and it immediately hit Franklin like, oh, shit, something went bad. He don't know what, he don't know who, but something went bad. So when she questioning Fatback, she asking him where Leon at. The nigga ain't got no answers. Long story short, she just kept stabbing the motherfucker. And um, the homie James brought up a good-ass point. It would have even felt more believable if during the stabbings, they were like flashing back to the moment the daughter got shot. Just little quick flashes, one, two seconds to kind of give me that rage build up that you would need to OD stab a nigga. Because it went from like, why did why was that needed? Here's the thing. It went from like stabbing on some like torture shit to like a rage killing. Like, all right, now I'm just poking you 20, 30 times. Like she better be on some diabolical shit like from here on out. Moving forward. Because if not, like what was the point of of that? And let's talk about it. So why do you think they had her kill 
Fatback. Like she sort of set off not just killing Fatback, but the whole plan to bail him out, get him, lure him to the warehouse, stab him up. Why her instead of Manboy and Scully? They taking too long. But like they're not as invested as her. They've they've already established these two niggas as the craziest motherfuckers on the block. We got the craziest crypt, the craziest blood. Scully is not just regularly crazy, but the niggas drug induced. Yeah, but he may not be smart. But Manboy's supposed to be smart. He's supposed to be the brain. And now you telling me that these niggas didn't power it up? Manboy ghetto smart. Mm. I'm not about to devise this plan. I don't think he's coming up with that we shit. We just driving up and down the block looking for these niggas. And mm. we don't see them. They may do some straight, yo, shoot this way. They're going to run this way. We get them. Yeah, some yeah, shit yeah. like that. Yeah. But and it, it ain't no real. We ain't laying down no blueprints. I don't see this nigga um, making potions <laughs> and knocking niggas out. And like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah, man. Um, but they done built these two niggas up to be the craziest motherfuckers on the block. But I also don't believe that shit. Buddy. Apparently, System ran and jumped and did this shit first. Now, uh, we talked about a scene that we saw in the preview for this week. You believe that she like she must have made. We gotta find out that she be on some voodoo shit. Mm. Because how the fuck you know how to make some knockout gas? I mean, really, all she would have needed to do is pour some peroxide on a fucking towel or a napkin and choke that nigga up. She knocked him out. Like he'd have been fine. Yeah, you can pour some peroxide in a fucking paper towel, cover a nigga nose and mouth. You'll get him. It'll knock him out for a good couple I, minutes. I feel like I've seen that shit before. Yeah, you could do it. Ace Ventura. Jump right on the motherfucker back. It happens. I actually tried that shit on myself one time, nigga. And when I realized I couldn't breathe, I took it off my face. It was really weird. I was a wild kid. Yeah, okay. Man. Yeah. No, doing <laughs> shit in the house. Look, nigga, don't leave me bored all summer, dog. I did a lot of wild shit. Anyway. Fatback gets left in front of the club. They drop the boy body off. Now, granted, here's where it started getting a little weird for me. These two relatively no dainty girls. Way. No fucking way. Then put this nigga back in the car and drag this body up to this club. And that was a long streak of blood. That kind of ended before the color. The yeah. Color. So how did y'all stop the blood? Nope. Yeah. Nah. 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 And then why wouldn't she fucking tell Manboy and Scully? Like, I get it. Yo, y'all taking too long. Woo, woo, woo. I'm going to set this shit off myself. But nigga, I like once you got them trapped, nigga. I'll be like, yo, I'm about to bail this nigga out of jail. We, we about yeah. to find him. Yeah. No, I know exactly how we going to get this nigga. This nigga didn't turn himself in. Give me a hundred grand. This is what we going to do. We going to bail him out. Woo, woo, woo. Fam, Scully crucified a nigga. I'm going to let him do this. Even if I got to be the brains to start this shit, I'm going to let them actually commit the fucking murders and shit. Like, this ain't me. Again, it ain't the her that we've seen. If she crazy moving forward, that's fine. But right now, it just seems like a bit of a stretch. She got to be. Oh, she don't have no choice. Because if not, I'm like, why did you... And she got to be crazier than them. Like, now I got to see her, like, running Man Boy and Scully. So is the Bloods and Crips going to form as one? Because what do we do once they catch Leon or whatever? Like, we get all the fucking revenge we want. Like, once do we go back to beef? You catch Leon, I'm not giving you niggas no drugs. Y'all not doing nothing. But, like, as a blood in the crit, and we done teamed up over my niece and your daughter, like, do we go back to scrapping? Because we know the Bloods and Crips didn't just become friends in fucking 88, 86, whatever year this is. So, nigga, all right, if beef, like, lived on, uh, what the fuck are we going to do now once we figure out how to get to the nigga that killed the goddamn niece and the daughter? But whatever. Uh, let's talk about Teddy real quick, man. Teddy fucked up. 
So after he found out his brother died from the heart attack, he goes on a little drinking binge. He went to Franklin Club, and he basically told that nigga, you're fucking up. You missing drops and shit. Like, what's going on with you, dog? Franklin, like, man, look, we'll be good. He tell everybody the same shit. Like, I'm going to handle it. Don't worry about it. And nigga Teddy said, look, you not showing up and you fucking up. And told that nigga, all this shit is because you ain't want to turn in your little friend Leon, nigga. He told him the same shit man boy said last week. This ain't like you, Frank. Like, you doing all this shit trying to protect your little friendship. Nigga, what about business? This little personal feelings and relationship shit? I ain't with it, dog. So it's really good. Um, I still think that uh, he should be standing by Leon. I think it's a sign of strength. And not a, uh, I think... Him giving up man boy is basically saying, yo, I'm afraid of you niggas, dog. And um, I'm going to give up my man because I'm afraid of y'all. Well, putting fat back on the front line, got him killed. And when they find out that he got killed, when Franklin found his body in front of the club, he told Lee, Lee went to fuck off on Frank. Told him, hey, nigga, this is your fault he got killed. We looked that nigga dead in the eye and you told him it was going to be all right. And now look, that nigga that got killed, dog. Start throwing furniture and all that, calling him a bitch ass nigga, calling Peaches a bitch ass nigga. Peaches like, nigga, I'll shoot shit out this nigga. Thanks. Franklin like, nah, let that nigga go. Like at a certain point, when do Franklin fucking stand up to Leon? Even if you still riding with your mans, like you can't keep letting this nigga bitch you out the way he be bitching you out, dog. Well, Leon ain't been the same since he since he. Drive motherfucker the nigga yeah. Which is why he felt I don't want him to be your driver Cause he hold the fuck out of him He did And then the, the next time He was like I thought That you would grow the fuck up And when he kicked his ass out He hold the fuck out of him again Yeah Um, I look at He probably look at him Like my little brother mm. You know what I'm saying Like I don't need to Yeah If I want to I can flex and put you in your place But I don't Well you my little You, you the little homie Yeah Even though we probably the same age You still the little homie yeah, man. Um, speaking of the little homies, Teddy colleague came and told him, yo, we need some more money, some more weapons. Like, shit getting funky in the war, nigga. We need to kick it up a notch. Well, them niggas getting ass whooped. Yeah. Because they missing the weapons that Avi was supposed to bring, yeah. but didn't. Whole fucking uh, truck full of weapons didn't come, nigga. Like, we need that. We're losing right now. So Teddy like, look, man, I'll figure this shit out. My man like, yo, if you need my help, just say the word. I, I got you. Teddy like, nope, I do it on my own. Him and Franklin, very similar. They don't know how to let motherfuckers help them. They just do this shit on their own. They feel like they write all the time, work very fucking autonomously, and then they take a lot of L's they don't need to take because they won't just take some help, dog. Niggas is real prideful. But he told that nigga, yo, I got it. We'll do it myself. And then he said the dumbest shit of the episode. He told that nigga, Gustavo, handle shit here while I'm gone. I'm about to go down to Nicaragua and Panama. Like, what the fuck do Gustavo know about what's going on in L.A.? Um, I'm going to put him in the, um, the diamond cutter or the uh, fucking Stone Cold Stunner or the R R RFK. What is it? Fuck- no. <laughs> Nigga, no. RKO. That's what it's called. Said the RFKs. <laughs> Dog, so Gustavo about to fuck all of LA up. I just want that known. Nigga, fucking mariachi dancer or some shit. 
What you call them niggas with the uh, masks on? The um, the fucking uh, luchador, luchador, uh, lucha libre ass nigga. Yeah, hey. out of Detroit, I mean, Ray Mysterio hit. A couple years nigga. ago, there was a taco day and shit. I was down there. They had a fucking uh, <laughs> luchador wrestling. Look, they had midget wrestling. They had some wrestling and shit down there, dog. Yo, this shit just got wild. Y'all remember that? We shit? went from Gustavo to. Couple years ago, downtown they had a taco. on Taco Day. <laughs> it was a taco festival. It was then Detroit the nigga, Taco Festival. That's what it was. Niggas said they had midgets out there. <laughs> niggas had a motherfucking ring on the off, off the river, off the water. All the damn food. You know that's a willfully ignorant slur you just dropped on this podcast. What I said? You know we can't say midget. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. Oh man. A little person. Hey Melody Cool about to write the fuck out this <laughs> next email. She is over J today. Is it C? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she about to be like, look you tall motherfucker, I'm gonna give you a choice. Nigga, I got some friends that's little people. But on television, the yeah. show is actually called Midget Wrestling. Yeah. Like Dane watches it. Yeah. Like we 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 eat crap. Like yeah. that's the that's the name of the show. Yeah. Now I gotta call them little people. They come at us. Nigga, the fucking uh M I G B T. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> now listen. Yo, send all the emails to fucking uh, <laughs> uh, Trinidad oh, shit. at uh, uh man, send a bitch to Shop Insta- Talk Pod. Send a bitch to Trinidad <laughs> at, at Instagram.com. <laughs> send them to my Facebook where I can't see it, nigga. I'll get back to you niggas in 25 days. Um, I know I what else happened on this? Oh, Wanda, because this actually became important. So when Wanda got out, she ain't had nowhere to go. I don't know why she didn't go. Wanda gonna tell it all. I just, I just, I just, it literally just hit me. What? Wanda's gonna tell the fucking the uh, the fucking newspaper lady everything because she did sit there ear hustling real she hard. Don't tell her everything, and she looked up like a former crackhead when she heard that shit. Like, oh, I might could get paid for this. I might can get an apartment. Oh, I, I get, get me an apartment. I can get some drugs. You it know what? Literally just hit me. So rewinding back in the episode when Wanda first got out, she kind of walked the streets, didn't have nowhere to go. Walked through uh, fake Skid Row um, and was back around some homeless people and some crackheads. And she found a spot on the homeless block to get some rest. She slept for a night. But then when she got back up that next day and started roaming the streets again, one of the former dudes she used to do some crack with, he ran up on her like, Wanda? That's why when a crackhead recognize you, man. Where the fuck your dirty clothes at? Like, <laughs> the nigga said, damn, your teeth clean. Where you get all your teeth the fuck from? you doing? Like, you in these streets or you back clean? Anyway, you got something for me. The hospital gave her a new tooth? Cause they might have. She wasn't missing her. They could have had that hospital dentist. You know what I'm saying? The mix, nigga. Niggas jack of all trades at that bitch. So, dog was like reminding her of what she didn't want to be. So, she paged Leon because apparently Leon's still walking around with the same pager number to be found at any time. Contact me. Well, you can't find it. I mean, I know it ain't a location, but like, <laughs> damn, nigga, change a pager, bro. Like, I don't want Wanda to be able to reach me, nigga. Like, if I'm that easily reached that a crackhead could find me from a payphone, I'm going to get caught. That's how I feel. So, Wanda page that nigga. Say, yo, Lee, help, nigga. You need to find me a place to stay. If I don't have a place to go, I'm going to start using again, dog. I can't be on these streets. I'm too exposed. So I'm thinking Lee going to tell her, come to the apartment, which I'm like, uh oh, last time you invited her in the house and had her cooking. Next thing you know, she became a crackhead. But Lee was like, all right, I know a place. And he sent her to Franklin dad's shelter. She go down there. 
She go see Pops. Nigga Calvin. I'm never going to call him whatever his real name is on the show. It's fucking Calvin. I had somebody hit me like, Whoa, why you be calling him Calvin and you be calling? Hey, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. Because you're willfully ignorant. Yeah, no. I'm My willfully <laughs> ignorant ass is going to call that nigga Calvin for the rest of his natural born life. So fuck out of here. Anyway, she go down there to go see Calvin, dog. And Young Stephen, eh? <laughs> she told him straight up, look, need some help. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A friend told me about this place. Sent me down here. A nigga like, yo, nice to meet you. Let me show you the rules, set you up, fill this out. We going to get you together, get you a little cot, some lunch. You'll be all right. Then the newspaper lady came down there. And she came in asking questions like, hey, uh, you got a minute? That nigga Calvin say, yo, didn't I politely ask you to stop coming around this motherfucker? Don't make me call the police. Don't make me tell you about the CIA and all these drugs in this motherfucker. Fam, why she spilled a whole shit? Like, instant, like, damn, all that nigga said was leave. Like, you could have kept coming back for a couple days trying to wear him down. She dropped the whole place. Scooby-Doo. She ain't seen an episode of Scooby-Doo, apparently. This bitch is dumb as fuck. Fam, she gave up everything in one moment. No, this bitch dumb as fuck. Like you, 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 you think you know what time it is, right? You think you know my son is running a criminal organization for the CIA that has hidden the fact that one of the CIA's got agents got murdered, um, got me off a murder trial, um, doing all this evil shit, right? Mm-hmm. And you think your weak ass is gonna be just a, a reporter who beats it all? Man, nigga, I commit. If I can make a, 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 a agent disappear, I can make your weak ass disappear. She told her nigga, Calvin, you can either. Oh, so she was like, well, I know your son is funding this shelter. So and him and his drug money. So you can either tell me more about that or no. Then she drops. I know your son and his drug money is funding that, but also know where he's getting the drugs from and go whisper the CIA. SMD. Literally. <laughs> like, fuck on. Why did you get the fuck on, dog? M-I-B-G-T. <laughs> so she say that the whole time Wanda's sitting there to the point we talked about Wanda going to snitch it all. Wanda was literally sitting there listening like, oh, this sounds interesting. Like the newspaper know what's going down with Franklin and Lee. And I can get an apartment, nigga. I rode a plane, ass nigga. Rode a plane. Hey, so... Calvin was like, look, nigga, you can't threaten me. I don't give a fuck. She was like, dog, you can help me out and tell me anything you know. He was like, if it sound like you got anything, why you need me? She was like, I need somebody to validate this shit. Somebody on the inside who knows. So you help me out. Wanda, I used to cook. Man, she was like, you help me out and I'll make sure your family stay out of this. That bitch know how to make the crack that she's smoking. Wanda absolutely can start a whole revolution, nigga. Do you want a revolution? She can do it. She can start the crack revolution. She'll teach the whole world how to cook. What if Wanda told all the homeless crackheads how to cook crack? And niggas could do it themselves. Uh, they would still need. In the comfort of their own to skin find good cocaine. I mean, yeah. As well as. That's a part of that. A house with heat and water. And she could pass it forward, man. Help these niggas get money. It's like Forex, nigga. It's Crack X, nigga. It's the same shit. Like, yo, I know how to get money. I'm going to pass it to me. It's the first pyramid scheme, nigga. Yeah, I made $12 today, motherfucker. Yeah. Wake up, make $12, yeah, go to sleep. Niggas. <laughs> Woke up, made a quick 12 <laughs> Yeah. 
I really hope that one of my four ex homies who listen to this shit <laughs> stops doing that. Like one of the homies keeps posting that shit, and he don't never make the amount of money that I think that he should be making like, for no, that it's, post. It's not worth it, my nigga. A nigga be like, huh, huh, took a walk for lunch, made a quick eight dollars. Like, if you cool with eight bucks, I got a spot for you here at Shop Talk Podcast. Damn, that nigga literally posted something. You know what I'm saying? The other day, and he made like nine twenty four. I was like, like, my eight, nigga, I'm paying eight dollars an hour. You just gotta sit here and press the record button. Ooh, a bar. If he do that, nigga, one button, eight bucks. Come on. I mean, it's better than Come you. Come on. Hustling in this fucking forex shit. I'm sorry. Not hustling the forex. Hustling the. You're hustling class. people. That's the fuck Hustling you're doing, this Forex nigga. class Cause nigga Yeah Nah Like nah, I said They before, talking about 300 for the course Buy low Sell high Nigga that's Capitalism at its finest I don't understand Why this I need a fucking class Like yeah. You can follow my moves Yeah So Is you rich? No No and that's the thing. None of these niggas ever be like rich. I never seen Dale Gibbard come to the hood like, you know, I'm just I just want to I just want you to make as much money as I make. No. Like, nigga, what? No. Fam, there's that rich people don't want you to make the amount of money they make, nigga. So I don't believe that all of a sudden you niggas just passing down wealth information. And you're not doing it for free. Because if you really wanted to get on, nigga, it wouldn't be a fucking three hundred dollar sign up fee. Fucking hustlers, though. Fuck is you talking about, nigga? That three hundred dollars you made—that's where you made your extra money for the fucking week. Eight bucks was the. It wasn't that damn uh, eight dollars that you made on your lunch break, right? Quick. Anyway, I'm off this. Shit. She told Calvin, "Yo, give up the fucking goods, or your family gets it." That's basically what she said. She oh, gave a nigga to play. Chop that bitch in the throat, fam. Why she think? I chop her right in the throat. Can you? I, uh, hold on, let me see something. Yo. This nigga pulling up some shit. Uh, never mind, dog. Can't get it. No, I just want. I was about to say some shit I shouldn't have said. All right, fuck it. We ain't gonna do it. No, no willful ignorance. But I man. would chop her in her throat. Yeah, yeah, yo. I already know where you headed, and I'm gonna leave that alone, dog. Because we've been through that already tonight. We already addressed that, nigga. Um, but why she thinks she bigger than the CIA? Because if you think that you have a, a story to break about the biggest drug dealer in the world and the CIA, why the fuck do you think you bigger than that? I don't know, man. And you work for the newspaper. Imagine a nigga from the free press coming to your door, threatening you like, nigga, oh, you work with the CIA, I'll break your whole shit down. Man, I throw water on your paper, nigga. Shut nigga. fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all your fucking, ain't that, ain't that a bitch? You wrote this whole fucking shit, I can pour some water on that shit, it's nigga. done. Yeah, like, nah, nigga, nah. Now what, well, fuck your files, nigga. Nah, fuck out of here, nigga. You ain't got no hard drive, nigga. Fuck out of here, I dog. I bought this shit up. <laughs> I bought all that shit up. <laughs> Yo, what if Calvin bought that shit up and threw it at her? This nigga. motherfucker is typing on uh, the fuck out of my fucking shelter. Like, nigga, she typing on a typewriter, dog. Damn, I'd have been like Wanda. You want to stay here for free? Fuck out of here. Get her, nigga. Anyway, um, man, overall, man, like it was a good ass episode, dog. It was a good ass episode. I like where they headed. Um, want to see what the fuck happens? We got three left, bro. Four. Well, four, seven, eight, nine, and ten. But predictions. I have no idea what's going down. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna li- leave on a cliffhanger. Leave on a yo, what's gonna happen? Franklin is up. Franklin, I have no idea. I successfully predicted that uh, Fatback would be the next person to die. Um, they got some loose ends to tie up. Got a lot um, of them. The nigga from the shy, what what are you doing with that portion? Mm. Um, the police officer nigga, what are you doing with that portion? Old girl who shot him, like what are you doing with that with, yeah. with that portion? How are we gonna wrap up this man boy scully shit? Like what are you doing with that? And 
the 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 banging and Little Rock shit. Like four episodes, we got a lot. And we still need to figure out if our other prediction is true. We had a prediction come to us uh, right after we recorded last week that I think might be true that the little girl Franklin fucking on is actually the newspaper lady's daughter. Yeah, because she had a a black daughter. Yeah, with the. with the, with she the, was married to that black man And the daughter don't fuck and with her And the daughter don't fuck with her So it would be But one thing I didn't remember from that convo That the ex-husband was having with her Do they got a son Because Franklin asked her How your brother doing Yeah So I would like to know if that was Maybe I missed some. I might need to go back But either way Right now early prediction She the newspaper lady daughter And if so she may end up learning about Franklin business and telling her mom some, or her mom might find out she dating a nigga and might start asking her questions that lead. Either way, the newspaper lady is going to die. I'm predicting that early. Or a newspaper lady going to see that her daughter worked there and kind of wrapped up and working there. She going to mm. change something in her story. Cause a, I don't have a good relationship with my daughter. If I fuck over her drug dealing boyfriend, I'm never going to have a relationship with her. I got to flip some nigga. Put all this shit on one. Well, she gonna give her the heads up, like yo, we got they about to do a raid on this place. Yeah, you get the fuck out of there. Yeah, and she gonna tell Franklin. And Franklin yeah, something gonna happen, man. The preview for next week looked awesome. Teddy is torturing somebody. Love a good waterboard. It's always fun. Um, yeah, it's gonna be some shit coming. But right now, I'm leaving on a high, predicting that Fatback was gonna die. Even if I had to take a fucking L on Facebook to get that prediction to y'all, I just want y'all to know that I'm right, man. In the meantime, y'all let us know what y'all thought about the episode. Tell us what you thought about the pod. Send us all your letters, all your voice notes, all your BlackBerry letters at thisweekinculturepod at gmail.com. I give this episode a smooth pair of buffs. I think this season so far has been a smooth pair of buffs. Yeah, I can rock with that. So we're going to keep it there, man. If you need to know the rating system, go join This Week in Culture on Facebook. Follow us at This Week in Culture on all the socials. You know, when that question was asked in there, I went to go online to find, like, pictures yeah. of all the different glasses. And I yeah. found out you niggas is buying buffs off of Amazon for yeah. $85. And I'm also finding out that you niggas are buying the, the fully flooded, iced out uh-huh. off of Amazon for $125. Fuck all you niggas. They also getting their woods off eBay for the 30 ball buy it now. That's amazing. 30 ball buy it now. Shipping's $10 for less than 50. You I two could get a pair of woods. I that said everybody like these big C glasses with the champagne lenses. From Detroit to New York, everybody wants the pop smoke glasses. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm like, I'm getting off the internet today. And on that note, I'm getting off this pod, man. We will see y'all next week. I'm Ant. That's Jay. This Week in Culture, episode 156. We out.